Hey, New Life Gillette Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com? Here is this week's teaching. What a powerful morning. Thank you, ladies, for leading us in singing and band. Wow. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You know, it's Thanksgiving week, and so it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. And I just want to say welcome to those of you watching online, our friends over to prison and jail. And I want to ask you, for those of you watching online, to put something in the chat for what I'm about ready to do here. I'm going to talk to the people here in front of me, but you put something in the chat because I want us just to have a quick, exuberant time of Thanksgiving here this morning. Do any of you have anything to be thankful for? Okay, well, good. It's good. So what I want to do is I just want to begin us, and the guys in the back room are just going crazy right now because I'm going off cue. They don't know that I'm going to do this right now. So they're just like, what in the world's going on out there? So stay tuned, guys. I'll catch up in a second to where you are. Uh, But I just want us to have a time of Thanksgiving. We have the time this morning. Let's just take a few moments And I'm going to start us into saying thank you to God, and then I'm going to pause and be quiet. And I want to invite any of you out there, for those of you online, put it in the chat or just yell it right where you are. Just if you have something that you're thankful to God for, just yell it out to God. And let's just be thankful here this morning as a crowd. God, thank you for this crowd of people here, for the people online, for where they are all over the world. God, it is good to be together on this week when we're a little bit more than normal thinking about being thankful. So God, we're gonna do that here this morning. I just wanna voice some things. Those in the room wanna voice some things. People online wanna voice some things. The reasons that we had to be thankful this morning, God. So listen up, God, here it goes. God, I'm thankful for my wife and family. Wow, God, (laughs) your heart just has to be bursting right now as you hear your people just saying thank you for the great things, the blessings. We're going to talk more about that, God. So stay tuned and thank you, God, for just a great morning in your name. Amen. Yeah. Again, it's Thanksgiving week. I love Thanksgiving week uh, for what it means. And for the cool thing for a lot of us, those who are mature believers, we know that it's almost time finally to start decorating for Christmas. You know, there are some out there who think that decorating before Thanksgiving is spiritually mature, but no. We know. See, Abraham Lincoln created this holiday so that we would know when we should start decorating for Christmas. All right? So, 
You know, it's, it's one of my favorite days of the year. I mean, I love all the good foods. Are you looking forward to a certain food on Thanksgiving? Yell it out, we'll count of three. Tell me what your favorite food is on Thanksgiving. One, two, three. Oh man, I love that too. That is so good. You know, we love this season of the year because before we get to the Christmas season, it is so good to recognize God's blessings upon us. It's great to be remember to remember how important it is for us to say thank you this way and also to let people know that have blessed us how much we appreciate them. For instance, our New Life Christian School, our preschoolers that are here during the week, they wanted to let Miss Taylor, their teacher, know, check this out. My favorite is about Miss Taylor's sitting party on the chairs. Um, my favorite thing about Miss Taylor, she plays for snacks. I like when she plays with me when I'm playing with the toys. Miss Taylor is a friend because she's a good teacher. She helps me too. Giving Miss Taylor hugs. He does fun crafts. He takes me outside. Teach me Bible books. I love her and I ask her to pray with me. She does. And she helps me learn. I like doing my elephants and my Bible story. Be the wine reader because she's my best friend. I love Miss Taylor. I love you, Miss Taylor. And, 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 uh, uh, I just love Miss Taylor, but thank you, Miss Taylor. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Kids are the best. You know, and for those of you maybe that you have a youngster that you're thinking, do I want to consider the New Life Christian School? We're getting ready for registrations for the coming semester. And if you're looking for next fall, jump on to newlifegillette.com NLCS and just get more information and get registered. But uh, Miss Taylor is doing an amazing job of getting our school off the ground this semester and just doing great things with these kids. It is so much fun to watch every day. And the kids, you know, they show us you know, being appreciative of others, thanking others is so important. And King David, who wrote Psalm 103, also understands how important being thankful, especially to God, can be for us. And so he writes this Psalm 103 to help us get a better understanding how we, as followers of God, we can understand more and more of why and how we can praise God and be thankful to God. So we're going to dig into Psalm 103 a little bit, and we're going to see this. He starts it off this way. He said, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. So first of all, he starts off with the word praise here, and we might be thinking, wait, aren't we talking about Thanksgiving? And we are, so we need to look into that word that he uses for praise there. The word is the Hebrew word barach. Say Barak with me. Barak. You got to have that guttural at the end there to say it right. And Barak, depending on your translation that you're getting into, that you can find this word meaning somebody that is blessing somebody with something, or it can be praising somebody. But if you're, if it's a word praise, it's with an undercurrent of gratitude. It's having thankfulness as part of our heart's journey as we're praising somebody. So Barak, if we're looking at a definition, it would look like thankfully 
having that attitude of gratitude, thankfully praising God. And that's what David is referring to here as he gets into it. And so he says, with all that I am. So every part of me, he says, I'm going to praise God. So what David is saying, if, you, if we're thinking about cereal, if he was living here today and he was thinking about cereal, there's a certain cereal that he would not recommend if you were thinking about how we should be praising God. And it's this one. Have you ever had half-seas before? Half-seas came out in the early 80s, and it was, came out, it was half the sugar, half the calories, it was half the taste. And so therefore, it lasted only for a couple years before they took it off the shelf, because who in the world would want half-seas when you can have? Come on, there it is, right? We want total. David says we want to be all into this praising of God. It can't just be halfsies. It can't, and because we want to go all in because of how amazing God is. He, he then continues and he says, not just with all of me, but with my whole heart, I want to be thankfully praising God. And the, the word for heart back in that time period, they didn't know anatomy as we do today. And so the heart was the center of all that we are. It's the Hebrew word love, L-A-V. And it was the understanding that, that my, my emotions came out of my heart, my thoughts, my words, my actions. So David is saying, let all of my life, everything I say, do, think, let it all thankfully praise my God. And then he says it again, going to verse two, he says, let all that I am praise the Lord. And then he voices a little prayer. He says, may I never forget the good things that he does for me. You see, David realizes he, he's like many of us. Do you ever forget anything? Anyone? Uh-huh, we all do, right? For, we forget things from time to time. And David realizes that, so he has this prayer, may I never forget. And, you know, you think about some of the things, the important things in life that we forget, you know, things like birthdays and anniversaries. Anyone? You know, I walk into the pharmacy, and I got four kids and a wife, and they walk in to pick up a prescription for one of my kids, and they say birthday. I'm like, oh, crap. And I have to work it through which ones. I got May and August, and I have to figure it out because we forget, right? What about passwords? Oh, those are the worst because you think you know one, and then a company will say you need to create a new password. So you put an exclamation point on the one you already had, right? And now, but then you have to figure out which companies you have this password and which it's horrible. What about people's names? You come in here on Sunday morning, you ever forget somebody's name? Oh, it's the worst. And then you see them at Walmart later on and they expect you to remember after they just told you their name and you forget. What about words on the tip of your tongues? Anyone? Oh yeah, somebody asked you a question, you have that answer, you know the answer, kinda, but you just can't get it out. And then of course, there are some people who forget to put gas in the car. Where is she? She's here somewhere. Although yesterday she remembered. She did a good job. She put gas in the car. It was so good. So, you know, we have all these important things in life that we forget, right? So David says, he voices his prayer, may I not forget the good things about God so that I can thankfully praise him. And so David does something for us and for himself. He begins to create a list. 
a list of all the reasons or a lot of the reasons of why we should be regularly, thankfully praising God. He starts off in verse three. He says, he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. So he starts off with a couple big kahunas. You know, he forgives all of my sins. So David realizes right away that, number one, that we're sinners, that we sin, and that sin separates us from God. Just like Adam and Eve, when they found themselves in sin, they ran because of God's holiness. They ran and they hid, and there was that separation in that relationship between God and those who are sinning. But the cool thing is that God's always there, loving us, wanting to be in, walking in a relationship with us. And so for those of us who realize that, that life over here with God is better when we turn, when we repent, and we change our minds and our heart, and we walk back to God and say, God, will you forgive me? Then he forgives one or two of our sins. Okay, he forgives the small sins anyways. The big ones, no. Nah. No, that's not what David says. He says he forgives all of my sins and brings that relationship back into walking with God. So he starts us off with a big one. It's so big that David says, I'm going to come back to it later because it's such a big one. But then he continues. He says he heals all of my diseases. Now, think back a few years ago when David was walking the earth, okay, several thousand years ago, they didn't have modern medicine like what we do today. So their doctors might have looked something like this. You know, they would have had maybe some splints and some bandages and some natural remedies. They would have depended on people kissing the boo-boos. Anyone ever kiss a boo-boo before when you have a kid? Yeah, that, that's how we get people to be healed. So David, having the doctors that he did that weren't quite as good, they had an understanding that when there was healing happened, when somebody got a cold and all of a sudden they got better, God is involved. When somebody had something hurt on them, a cut, and they heal, God was involved. Because back then there was no ERs, there was no pharmacies, there was no x-ray machines. You know, I think today we can get a little bit unaware of God sometimes in the healing process because we get so focused on the medical community and, we, and trusting only in them. Now, don't get me wrong. The medical community is absolutely amazing. There, there's a 41-year-old in our midst here today who just a week ago at this time was having a major heart attack. He's had two catheterizations since then, and he's here today. I know. Our medical community is absolutely amazing. But God's involved in giving the wisdom to that medical community, creating our bodies the way he did so that they can heal the way they do. For instance, when a bone is broken, you know, the, the doctors might set that bone, might even have to do surgery, put a cast on it. But eventually, to get this to happen after the broken bone, God's involved, the way he created our bodies to work. The healing happens because of the presence of God in our lives. The medical community partners with God, thanks be to God, to bring healing to our bodies. You know, that's why I love a book that I read uh, a few years ago. It's one of my favorite books I've read in the last 10 years. It's called Fearfully and Wonderfully, The Marvel of bearing God's image. And it was written by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. Paul Brand was a guy who, he did a lot of his medical career working in the leper colonies. 
And in the leper colonies, he was working with people where certain parts of their body was, was the nerve damage was breaking it down. And so as he studied the human body from a faith perspective, and then Philip Yancey came into the picture, they wrote this and they just shared this amazing marvel of how God created our bodies to be able to do what they do and heal the way they heal. It's an amazing, if you're in the medical community, you got to read this book because it is so cool to help us to see the medical field from a biblical, from a faith perspective. If you're not in the medical field, and if you pass out when you hear certain things, Mike, don't read this book, because it can be a little bit graphic in sharing uh, how God created our bodies in the medical community and how it works together. But we might have a question, though, as we heal the, hear this understanding that he heals all of our wounds, right? Because there's this question on some of our hearts saying, but wait a second, if he heals all my diseases, what about Aunt Susie? She had cancer and she died. What about my pappy who had heart disease and he died? That's serious questions there and it's a painful question to ask. And so David, what's going on with this? Well, the cool thing is David knows and he understands because he's experienced this in his life as well. And he speaks to it later on down in the bottom part of the psalm. Let's go to there. He says this. He says, our days on earth, can we get rid of the bones, guys? They're still there. <laughs> it's going to come back up. Just wait. They're amazing back there. Nope. There it is. Go ahead. Verse 15. Go on to the next one. There we go. Aren't they amazing back there? They really are. Our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and we, what? We die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. You see, David knows. He, he recognizes that while we are here on earth, God created these amazing bodies. And now today we have the medical community working alongside of us. And a lot of things can be healed over the course of time. But he also understands that these bodies are mortal. He understands that these bodies are frail and that eventually they physically will die. But, you know, David, when he's writing Psalms, he has great buts and I cannot lie. He says, our mortal bodies will die, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant of those who obey his commandments. So those who fear him, or for those who recognize that he is the almighty God and they place their faith in him and they follow God's ways, David says that those who fear him will connect to this forever God and they will find salvation. That death is not going to win. As we go back up into the list that David is making for, for us, he says that. Going back to verse 4, he says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. 
David understands that, yes, while we're here on earth, God created these bodies that he will heal many diseases, but we're going to die. Physically, we're going to die, but that's not the end for those who have faith in God because he says that God's going to pay a price for us. Now, David walked the earth many, many years before Jesus ever walked the earth. So what does he know? Well, he knew that God promised him that there was going to be this God-man, this Messiah that was eventually going to come. And he was going to be paying a price. He didn't know what that was going to look like. He didn't know that about Jesus going to the cross. He didn't know about the empty tomb and Jesus springing forth to life out of that tomb into eternal life. He didn't know any of that. He just knew God. And he knew that God was going to pay the price to bring us out of that pit of death and into an eternal life that was potentially there for us. He knew that death would not win in the end for those who have faith in God. He knew something was going to happen, but he didn't know it was. And then Jesus came and did his thing. He came to earth. He died on that cross. He rose from the dead and invites each and every one of us onto an eternal journey with him as he redeems us from death. People, that's why we should come here in awe of God. That's why we should not just on one day a year that we should be thankfully praising God, but every day. And it's why we come here on Sunday mornings throughout the year and just want to come together with the body of Christ and worship. And then David shares this image. He says, and God crowns me with love and tender mercies. He shares this image of, of a king getting a crown put on his head. And anytime a king was receiving his crown, the people who were acknowledging it were saying, King, you are ours. You're our king, and you are over us. And so if it's God that is crowning us with love and tender mercies, what is the image? What is David wanting us to understand? It's this image. It's our good father looking down at his children and saying, you are mine. God says this throughout the biblical story. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will shower you with my love and my compassion and I will protect you and care for you and redeem you into life. David wants us to understand that there are so many reasons on the list for why should we be thankful and he's not done yet. He says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, God, he just is constantly, if you just sat down and paid attention a little bit, think of the list that you could make of all the good things that God shares with us. I mean, again, it's Thanksgiving week, so a lot of us are thinking about this image, aren't we? We, we love good food. Can you imagine if God only gave us rice to eat? How I mean, okay, it's nourishment, it's great. Thank you, God, for rice. But he doesn't. He gives us all of these other good things as well that we just love to feast upon. Don't worry, lunch is coming. It's all right. But we just, it's amazing of all the tastes 
that God gives to us. And then creation, we, you know, we love Wyoming, don't we? To be able to go off and to see God's creation. My family, we were over on the other side of Buffalo, going up the mountain alongside of Clear Creek this, a couple weeks ago. And wow, we were on this hike. And every time we came around a little bend, we were just in awe once again because of something new and different that God placed in front of us that was just amazing. And then the animals, you know, I love going with kids, whether they're small or big, it doesn't matter, to a zoo and seeing God's creativity and how he created all these different animals. I mean, holy cow and holy hippo and holy giraffe. It's unbelievable, all these different animals that God created. He's so good. And then God gives us this ability for our neurons to fire off in our heads You know, as we have opportunities to learn, to read books or listen to podcasts, whatever way we like to learn. And we love listening to music, whether it's country music or whether it's classical or rock. It's God gives us so many good things in life and they're all over the place that they're just good and they're many. And then we love competition, don't we? We love our teams, football. It's, It's Thanksgiving week. We're thinking about football You know, we love the camaraderie and the celebration and the agony of defeat that happens with sports and competition. It's just good. And we love relationships. You know, laughter is a great, it's a great medicine. And God just gives us this opportunity for relationships where we can just care about each other and laugh hard together and cry together when we need to. And God just continues to give these good things into our lives. And it's, it's, David says it's so important for us to remember these good things because here's the deal. We're going to have some hard days, aren't we? Some of you are in the middle of some hard days right now. And those hard days can knock us down. And they can be exhausting and tiring. And so David says, as you remember these good things that God pours into your life, what does it do for us? But he says, it renews our strength like an eagle soaring. You know, the other day when we were up in in the Bighorns, we looked all the way up through the valley into the mountains and we could see a bald eagle and a golden eagle up there just soaring. They were above all of the world's problems And you would think that they had nothing going on that was trouble. And that's what David is saying, that when we face those hard days, that if we can remember the good things of God that he has poured into our lives, then when we face those hard days, if we're remembering that God is with us and is for us, it gives us the ability to have the strength of an eagle to soar over them with a different perspective. The hard days are still there. We still have to deal with them and face them but a perspective of remembering that God is with me and he's good and he's for me and he's gonna be with me on that journey, it changes the perspective of walking through those hard days and it gives us strength to soar. So I invite you, if you're going through a hard day, spend a few moments in remembering the goodness of God and close your eyes and just put your arms out and just get that picture of how God is just giving you the strength to get through that hard day with the good things that he provides. God's not done. He has, or David's not done. He has one more. He says, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. You know, David, or 
God is doing this throughout all the biblical story. You know, for instance, in the book of Judges, we see the whole story in the book of Judges is when God's people are being oppressed, when they're getting knocked down, when they're being beat up by a neighboring nation. And God steps in and he raises up what's called a judge. And this judge then speaks on behalf of the people or he leads them into battle or he just fights on their behalf. And he does what God would want to do, which is helping those who are oppressed and lifting them up with justice and righteousness. And God still does that today, doesn't he? He provides good people that are longing to protect us and care for us when there is those who are being hurt and oppressed, then those who are in the, the community of first responders, they step in. Or judges, or yes, politicians who are, who are creating the laws. Now, I know some of us might say, but some of them are not as good and righteous as others. But if you read through the book of Judges, you'll realize that God uses people that are not that good. And they're not, you know, they don't have a lot of strength in their ability, but God raises them up and utilizes them to carry out the amazing things of God. So God is raising up amazing good people that just want to care for us and bring righteousness and protect us. And David says, we need to be thanking God for raising these people up and sending them into battle on our behalf. David is creating this list for us of all these different reasons of why we should be thankfully praising our God throughout the day. Not just one day a year, but over and over. And then David, as he looks at this list, he gets so revved up and excited and he starts picking, the, I'm going to take forgiveness from here, and I'm going to take his love and his mercy from here, and his goodness, and he takes all these ideas, and he rolls them all together, and he chews them up, and then with an exciting joy, he just spews them out in this next, I know it's an ugly image, but I'm going to share it anyways, and he just spews it out with this amazing joy of the goodness of God. Jumping to verse 8, he says this, he says, the Lord is compassionate, and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. And then get this. He says, he will not constantly accuse us. Some of you think that that's what God's always doing. Just pointing his finger saying, naughty, naughty, naughty. No, he doesn't always, uh, he doesn't accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. You know, because of our sin, the nastiness of it, what we deserve is God accusing us and dealing harshly with us and punishing us. But that's not what God does at all, he says. People, that's called grace when we don't get what we deserve. Why does God share grace? David doesn't use a but, he uses a for for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. I'm sorry, I'm not tall enough. I can't get that high to show how big that is. He has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Wait, which way? North is, yes, I think that was right. West and east. It's just, he, it just, he gets rid of them. 
as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father, a good father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Dang, people, do you see what David is saying? He's just exuding the joy of the Lord, understanding how amazing God is, how he blesses us in giving so many reasons for us to thankfully praise our God, not just one day a year, but that one day of the year should remind us to keep it going throughout all of our days. (laughs) And then David, as he starts realizing all of these good reasons that God has given to us, all these good blessings that he shared with us, he starts saying, yeah, all that I am, but that ain't enough. And he looks up into the heavens and he sees the angels and he says this. He says, praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. He says, we need to get more people involved here, more angels, because Praising of God is so important and so huge that just one guy can't do it. I need to involve more. And when he sees the angels praising, he looks around and says, it's still not enough. And so he says, praise the Lord, everything that he has created, everything in all of his kingdom. We all need to get involved because of how amazing God is. Because God deserves... He deserves it all, people. You know, when you came in this morning, you were handed a card. And this is David's list for you to take home with you. Forgiveness, healed. You are the father's child, eternally alive, blessed with good things, given hope, provided with justice. Take this home with you and put it somewhere where you're gonna know where it is, whether it's in the dashboard of your truck, whether it's on your tool bench, whether it's on your refrigerator under a magnet, whether it's in your Bible, so that in that place where you will see it, you will remember over and over and over again that we need to be thankfully praising God for all of these amazing reasons that David reminded us about. And Again, Psalm 103 is on there, so maybe once a month, go back and read the entire psalm that David wrote so you better remind yourself of the amazing goodness that God showers upon each and every one of us in just wanting to bless us with our lives. How does David end? (laughs) The same way he began. He says, let all that I am, every aspect of my life, Barak, let all that I am thankfully praise the Lord. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. There is no way that we could ever say that enough. We thank you that David wrote this psalm for us to remind us or maybe for some of us to teach us of the many, many reasons that are there for us to be thankful, God. You have blessed us abundantly, and we cry out to you, and we want to say, God, we praise you, and we thank you. God, we want to lift up our crazy world that we are living in, where there's a lot of unrest around the world, God. There's a lot of brokenness happening. 
There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of war going on. God, I pray for our leaders around the world that you will move, that you will do amazing things, that you will protect those who are in harm's way. And that God, you will remind everyone of the goodness of our great God. God, we have a week in front of us where hopefully we're gonna at least spend a little bit of time saying thank you. But maybe after today, maybe we go off and we say, we're gonna do it more than just a little bit. Because God, you deserve all. God, we praise you and we thank you. In your name, amen.